0: Oh now the bigger oh. You Yes, I knew oh. uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes, Raw! Right.
1: Dunning! Uh-huh. had enough time! You did it! No! I stayed up until like I think it was like 4 a.m., I don't remember, but did you
2: do it I did it yourself. I did it myself. Oh my yeah. god.
0: Welcome to the Technically Diverse Podcast featuring the Quadcast crew.
3: Welcome to episode number 12 of the Technically Diverse Podcast. We are located at the intersection of technology and cultural diversity. I am your host, Jordan. Joining us today, our special co-host. She's sensational. She's sultry. We've got Sam's son. Hello. Behind the scenes, working his magic is Uncle Mike. Remember, if it ain't Mike, it ain't right. Hey, how's it going today, everybody? And... Behind the scenes, doling out Mon Order, keeping us in line is our producer Roz, a.k.a. Teaches. Hi. Let's kick off episode 12. Um, You know, for our audience this week, I've got good news and and bad news. Uh, I really believe in starting with bad news first. So the bad news is Ruby is out. She is currently making her way back to the country and uh, she will not be able to join us. But I've got good news. Sam is back. She will be joining (laughs) us today as we deep dive into anti-Asian racism. We couldn't have thought of a better guest. Um, You know, Sam was loved last week and, uh, you know, she's graced us with her presence again. So Sam, happy to have you back. This time you've got a different hat on your contributor today and uh i feel like i feel like this is like when a basketball team finally gets a player and they sign them to an extension of some sort like i feel like we signed you as a freed agent
0: a 10 day. <laughs> yeah on a, on
3: a, <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um so you know I, ruby's got some pretty big shoes figuratively but um i know that you'll be able to fill them my- i want to talk this week you know the team we all want to talk about You know, the disturbing events that occurred in Atlanta this past week, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately another uh, mass shooting, um, you know, lives lost. Um, It sucks that we have to talk about something like this again, but I think it's just indicative of the times that we're in. So um, if you could provide a recap to our audience members that may not have watched the news or might not know what's going on, um, can you tell them about um, that neck beard that kind of, you know, got things, uh, you know, started?
2: Um, I guess long story short is a 21-year-old white male um, with a shockingly bad beard decided to um, shoot up three massage parlors in Atlanta, Georgia, and in the process killed eight people, six of whom are Asian. He left one injured, he's alive still. and yeah, that is kind of the extent of it. And the other details being that he was apprehended without, without any kind of like, you know, the police got him without having to shoot him or having First, to like have any. This is the
3: guy that was having a bad day.
2: Yes. Oh, and is so... that is that is
3: that yeah, is guy that, guy that the reason why day. he did it? Yeah. So
2: yeah, so oh, the okay. sheriff um, released a statement in in Georgia saying that. Kind of justifying his actions, going you know like the killer just like he was fed up, quote unquote, and had a bad day, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because when I have a bad day, I eat carbs. I don't. <laughs> it's it never occurred to me to to like go kill people as a result of my bad day.
3: And what I, what I thought was really uh, cool, well not cool, but a uh, really interesting detail. Um, it seems that that cop, Jay Baker. He actually had his own little t-shirt business going. And I don't know if you guys ever heard about this, but, you know, Captain Baker was responsible for some anti-Asian racism t-shirts that he was selling, which basically perpetuated Whoa. that COVID-19, you know, came from Asia and that Asians were responsible. So he had a Facebook post with his t-shirts that he was selling prior to this incident. And again, it, it really makes you like look at the situations that unfold and it makes you look at America really. Cause you don't really have to peel the layers back far to find racism. And like, uh, to see that this cop who's the lead investigator on this case was selling t-shirts like that with those messages in the open. And it, it really goes to show you the oversight of what's going on. And it, it really draws parallels to, um, when, you know, we've seen other mass, uh, shootings and protests um and you've come to find out especially after the Capitol inauguration that these are people with everyday jobs that are in high positions whether they be you know college professors um you know doctors lawyers and it's it's just shocking that how blatant and how widespread racism is in in the states
2: i mean it is i mean situations like this as as horrible as they are i think are a really I guess not, I wouldn't call them important, but it basically, what it does is it shines a mirror on like society at large. And you then see all these moving parts of this situation and how like white supremacy and violence and misogyny and and, and, like just hate in general is an intrinsic part of how that system works. Like policing in and of itself is like, predicated on the basis of racism Mm
4: -hmm. the
2: police were like created so that they could like chase runaway
3: slaves (laughs) people don't know that you can't
2: remove that from the existence of like police itself so you can try to like police reform police reform we need to blah 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 all this stuff and i'm like eh, you're reforming a system that was built off of like the back of racism to begin with you just got to get rid of the whole thing and start over from
0: overseer to officer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um,
2: there's, like, a lot to unpack there as well. Again, p- people are currently in the middle of debating, rightly or wrongly, whether or not it is a hate crime and what kind oh, of on. hate crime it is. I am um, of the opinion that it doesn't really matter how you want to, like, paint it because at the end of the day, eight people died. I read yeah. the GoFundMe for um, the two boys who were orphaned as a result from their single mom dying. One is, the oldest one is 23 and his younger brother is um, a minor. It is it's fucking heartbreaking. They have raised two and a half million dollars on GoFundMe, but I'm sure they would prefer to have their mom.
3: Yeah. 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 So, okay, Sam, let's pivot back. Who was targeted here? Because I think it's really important to call out who was specifically targeted.
2: Um. So the, uh, the words of, like, the killer himself say that he was his fed up and having a bad day as a result of his, quote, unquote, Sex addiction. I think it was actually um, verified that he was a regular customer of these massage parlors, which is where he was targeting. And so this then asks the question of like, okay, you were obviously targeting women, more specifically sex workers, and then even more specifically Asian migrant sex workers. This is kind of contentious because I don't think and I don't know and it's not proven yet whether or not these women who were killed were actually sex workers that's not the that's not really the point the point is that the assumption is there that if you are Chinese or Korean or Thai or Filipino and you work at a massage parlor the assumption is that you give happy endings that you must be a sex worker when like 75 percent of massage parlors are legitimate businesses that don't offer that kind of service so it's the assumption that they're sex workers that makes their lives um, uh, disposable and their deaths easy to you know, throw away and make a joke of. Um, and then their migrant status and the fact that they're Asian, knowing that they're more vulnerable because of that, that they don't like, these aren't people who are treated well by law enforcement. They don't have protections. They don't have access to workers, rights. So they're easy targets um yeah it is what it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really depressing um that is like all the intersections of who these people are and why they were targeted um
0: the one thing that i'm i could say i'm i like the progression of it that's what i'll say i want to say i'm glad about it because it's something that should have been there from before Mm -hmm. but with the with the movement that is happening like with blm and the awareness of everything the one thing internally to me, obviously, is um, I, I realize that you're not alone in what you're thinking about, right, or what you're experiencing. So, you know, myself as a Black male, you know, you experience certain things yeah. and I can see it from, you know, Black male's point of view. Um, I remember I was on a town hall and different people were talking on this town hall and they were all part of different ethnicities and ethnic different Ethnicity. races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they're, in, they're in different races. And they were talking their story. And what I realized is a lot of the stories are the same. And yeah. people on the good side are there to help each other. And once once we can do that and you know, as we just said, from officer from overseer to officer, that stuff can go away, hopefully in time.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is sort of another sort of bigger point of contention, which is, it like many tragedies and mass shootings, it is often the climax of a very sort of boiling point um, and rise in tension between often like like minorities against each other. And you get all these like warning signs. Part of the reason I felt really like, I didn't say anything immediately after it happened because it was just exhausting It's because it's I it, it's not like I didn't see this coming. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about like racism against everybody, but a lot of it is like racism towards me mm-hmm. for years now and then obviously now knowing that like covid was such a big deal and then all the anti-Asian um, racism that was happening as a like rising as a result of this. This isn't like the first time I've talked about it. It's not the first time, like, lots of people have talked about it. This is definitely not the first time Jeremy fucking Lynn was talking about it, yeah. right? Like, we've yeah. been saying this yeah. stuff.
3: It's, it's been happening. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've seen that It there's been an increase of like 717% of racially motivated discrimination or attacks against Asian or people of Asian descent in Canada. Yeah. I saw
3: an elderly lady got punched out last week. I saw that.
1: like knocked
3: out in the street, like trying to cross the street. I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, the thing is what I don't understand about people is I'm like, what does punching an old lady in the face have to do? Like, why, why would you do that? Like, it's, it, I don't understand the thought process behind it. Like, well you know I'm I'm mad about coronavirus I want to blame it on somebody so I'm just going to look out my window and I'm going to attack the first person that I see that's of that ethnicity I'm like what like are you a Neanderthal
2: it, like <laughs> under like a microscope racism never makes sense right oh, like man. when you when you pick it apart it's always so irrational right but like what it is is like American, Canadian, sort of Western governments, to be honest, are in the process of manufacturing our consent for kind of like a new Cold War towards the Chinese Communist Party. And they've done this in a way that scapegoats all Asian people without any of the nuance of like, what do I, an Asian American, my parents are from Hong Kong, like they are the most anti-ccp people on the planet what do hmm. i have to be what do i have to do with the ccp what do old ladies who recycle for a living in chinatown have to do with the ccp right and so it's this thing where people for some reason cannot separate the state from the people and then due to the fact that allegedly we all look the same they can't differentiate people who are korean filipino oh, thai God,
4: that's so healthy
2: stations who are like they're not even like this is that is not their that's not their pig not their farm that you are just attacking them i don't because you think they look like this it's very reminiscent of like what happened after like 9-11
4: yeah which is
2: all the violence that was happening because of a lot of anti-Muslim rhetoric, rhetoric was being sort of targeted, sort of umbrella term to anybody who looked kind of brown.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So the whole Arab community, they're like, "What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You got to, it. You first of all, if you're going to be racist, can you at least be like correct about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah? It, rem- it reminds a me a of lot. the all '90s under, too. Uh, they fit the description.
2: Because you remember, you remember
3: like, growing up in the 90s, there's always been this boogeyman. Like at the beginning of the 90s, like anything that you watched, uh, and I think about like Rocky and stuff, it was always like Russia. Like whenever you saw like, like oh, action yeah. movies, yeah. it was always Russia. Like it was always this, this, this Soviet-based threat. And then we progressed through and then 9-11 took place. And then everything after that, it was always directed towards like Sam said, like Muslim people or Arabs, like just always directed that way. And now I feel you can feel it again. There, there's gonna be this pivot now, and everything is gonna to be towards China and demonizing China, um, and it it sucks that we 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 always gotta talk about this stuff and race always has to be there, but it, it's 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 mind boggling at this point. Now, Sam, you said something too that um kind of stuck out. You you mentioned now you said the term that you're Asian American. And in the past, like we've offline kind of discussed it. Cause like, I like to say that, like, I don't like to be called like African American or African Canadian. I don't like that. I'm just like a Canadian. Like, I don't like my race being attached to right. my, my, the country mm-hmm. that I'm from. So h- how do you, how do you feel? Like, do you share a similar sentiment? Like, how do you feel? Did you think that's splitting hairs?
2: No. So I think like I, and I, th- I can understand why the Black community would have like a different, like, different, like, contextualization of this. But the Asian American experience is really, really different, obviously, from people who are born and raised in the East. I like the diaspora that happened with uh, Asian Americans, kind of um, almost umbrella term is like very specific not a very few of us actually like speak our language with any kind of like fluency like I sound like a I sound like a five-year-old when I speak in Cantonese um <laughs> my but like my my tie to like my culture and my upbringing is very much through things like food and like family values and like oh I dress up for Chinese New Year and like I you know Chinatown da-da-da-da. but like I was raised in the West so when I go back to places like Hong Kong, or I was in China recently, like in 2018, uh, culture shock, I had a culture shock. I'm like, oh, my God. Like oh You God. had
3: a culture shock going back to China.
2: I've never been.
0: Wow, <laughs> never that's been interesting.
2: There. Yeah. Um, and I think this is true for like most people who are like, you know, we have like, um, acronyms for this. So ABC is American-born Chinese, or CBC yeah, is Canadian-born, <laughs> BBC is British-born Chinese. Like a lot of oh. people
4: have yeah.
2: For some reason, I don't know. We decided like network, like network <laughs> acronyms was how we do that. Yeah. <laughs>
4: um.
2: So yeah, I'm fine with the I'm fine with the identifier Asian American because like that that like tight ty- is a nice tidy way of explaining my diasporic experience, and like. Yeah, like I identify more with them than I do with like a lot of the international students that I went to school with. For example, like my one of my favorite, like a good friend of mine, he's Taiwanese, but he's actually from Taiwan. He goes, the second I looked at you, I knew you weren't from like you weren't from the East. The, you don't bring Did <laughs> he say it way. like that?
3: From the East.
2: Like, no, well, no. I just, I, I envision, that's how men sound like in my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so rude, but that's how it is. And it's like, I was like, what gave it away? And he goes, the way you dress, the way you do your makeup, the way you walk, the way you carry yourself, it is so obvious. And like, they can see it. I can see it. I can tell if somebody is a quote unquote fob fresh off the boat, right? Like I can tell if you were, foreign versus if you were born here
0: yeah the difference is
2: is pretty
0: mannerisms are different
2: so and then like one of the examples i like to think about is like generally people so for example Specifically, Japanese people tend to have a very different view of cultural appropriation than Asian-Americans do. Actually, Japanese people from Japan don't think it's that weird for white people to dress up in kimonos. They're just like, oh, oh they can just enjoy the culture, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's fine. But it's also because like they live in a very homogenous society and they're very, 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 very far apart from white American culture. Asian-Americans tend to take that shit a little differently because... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we've been we've been watching it our whole lives and we've been subject to the white gaze like we are the ones who had to change our names to sound to be easier to, to like pronounce in the middle of like elementary school like we are the ones who had to do that so to then watch white people put buns in their hair and chopsticks and ta- like pretend that they're suddenly is- you don't like you
3: don't like waifus then
2: no, I really am against people cosplaying other races. Like this is all, this is a conversation about hair, right? Like it is like I literally had this conversation with one of my friends, bless her, she's Greek, and I'm like she was like, hey, do you know how to do box braids? And I was like, what are you asking for? And she goes, oh, I was just thinking of getting some. And I'm like, let's, in- let's investigate that,
4: shall
2: we? <laughs> <laughs> That's always how to bring I it up. I love it, Sam. <laughs> let's interrogate that. And I just I had this long sort of drawn out conversation where I was like, I'm not telling you you can't get box braids done. I'm asking you why you want them done. And the answer is always like, why do you want to cosplay black people? Mm -hmm. it's fine like why are you not able to listen to rap and have proximity to black culture without dressing up like them it's very strange it's fine you have the like entirety of like white people hair like disco farrah fawcett abba you have the whole entirety of like like beautiful blow dry blowouts Mm -hmm. why do you want me to put box braids in your hair that is very strange also why are you asking me, ask
3: someone- <laughs> why asking me? oh yeah you know, that's a good point too <laughs> why would
2: i know how to do box breaks? well hey sam
3: your, your costume game is pretty tight so maybe that's why she was like you're the only person that you she could go to right yeah,
1: but like, I just, like, if like if i was going to
3: consult on a costume i'd probably come to you
1: yeah but like i'm but so are you saying that dressing as a black person is like cosplay are you saying that 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 it's a costume that that they're wearing pretty
2: much cuz i'm is like you get to the just theory decide theory? when you like black women don't get to decide when they don't feel like looking a certain way anymore you just look that way and nice. for her and for like a lot of like white folk putting things like wearing wearing a really cheap amazon um cheap or churn sound that's been slutified and buns in your hair and chopsticks is very similar to the feeling i get when i watch like white passing Latina girls who date black men put braids in their hair and be like oh like my black girlfriends don't mind or like my like my like friends who have like SoundCloud rap careers don't mind and I'm like just because like three (laughs) black folks said it was okay really doesn't make it okay and I just like why do you want these things like why do you want grills why do you want to pay for grills why do you want box braids have you asked yourself why do you fake tan can we I just need a little bit more critical thought yeah, in your process, yourself, right? Right, and they always they like their justification for this is always sort of like, "Oh well, I mean, it's just hair," and like these people said, it's okay. And again, like just because like this random Japanese person in Japan said it's fine for you to wear this like slutty Amazon kimono does not mean the rest of the Asian American diaspora think it's okay for you to do that while perpetuating all these stereotypes, which then uh, results to violence, which then resulted in the death of like eight people. I
3: that's- love when they get the cosign. See, it's okay. They said I, they said I could do it. I, I'm allowed. I, I got one person said I'm allowed. It's, it's all good. Uh,
2: and then that's also that question of like agreeable people. And I, a lot of black strippers I know have a huge problem with other people in the black community who they consider agreeable and they're like fuck them they don't have anything to do with black liberation and I'm like whoa I am not part of this conversation but I've got popcorn and I'm eating it and I'm watching you guys fight (laughs) fucking it's the juicy the just it's very juicy and very 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 intense but it's true it's like I like for people who are Asian who have proximity to white people, and I'm like, I get that you want to like save your ass and you want to have your jobs and you want to be in their good standing, but like saying shit like that, going like, "Oh, it's okay," is not helping us at <laughs> all. We're not yeah. helping my cause here. It's very, very complicated, and it's almost like as like we're none of us are a monolith, and we're all individuals, and we would like to be seen as such.
3: <laughs> yeah, I I find it refreshing that. To, to hear that another race too doesn't like cultural appropriation because like being black, you tend to think sometimes, well, I do. I'm like, is it just me having thin skin? Like I'm generally offended by this. Um, am I alone? And then, you know, there's other black friends that feel that way too. But then to hear that another race, like you don't like to hear that either or see it either. Um, it's, it goes to show you that once again, to Mike's point, we're, we're all kind of in the same boat together. We we're all facing the same sort of thing.
2: Like I said, we're way more similar than we are different, like don't get me wrong, the Asian American and Asian like culture in general, like have a lot to answer for, for kind of the things they have put upon other minorities as a result of the minor, like model minority myth, right? But we have a lot more in common really than we do, different we all eat rice and we beat our kids like hello (laughs) we're the same
1: we're the same
3: in the case of ross she usually hits me so that kind of helps me what
1: oh my god (laughs) i am not abusive at all oh
3: oh, really really don't make me okay all right here we we go we all
2: live in matriarchs like i don't know a single like to be honest i really don't know a single like of my jamaican friends or west indian friends who like are like oh yeah like my dad runs the house. I'm like, no, your dad doesn't run the house. Your mom runs the
4: house. <laughs>
2: your dad's just yeah, like, yeah. yes, honey. Like That's how we all are. You got hit by a slipper. So did I. Like, yeah. <laughs> dad, the slipper. It's, the, it's sometimes the chopstick for me, but usually, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, the slipper, the coat hanger, like, we're yeah, the same the stupid, we're all the same like we have a coat hanger i know and <laughs> yeah. it is like this again Like a huge part of these conversations is us being pitted against each other
1: and I'm hey like, roz oh.
3: I, I, you got to yeah, jump yeah
1: um yeah so sam you mentioned like the the model minority myth and it, it wait, i, I want to explain just because anyone doesn't know what it is right yeah. it's that um asian people are a great example of how Um, of of how other people of color can fit into American and thereby North American society. And uh, it was legit created by an American guy to to say that, hey, look, there's these Japanese people. We put them into these camps. And look, now they're super nice and everyone's getting along. They don't have any problems. And it's happened during the 60s and, and, and they don't have any problem. But look at these black people who are fighting for all of these rights, making all of this noise. They're terrible people, blah, blah, blah. blah. And uh, again, just making sure that there is division within people of color and to show that we can rank other people of color higher than we will the black people. Because again, super inferior and let's show them how it should be done.
2: It's shocking to me and also I again I, I, I the Asian American community has a lot to answer for especially the old heads because obviously people like my grandparents and my parents have for a long time bought into the model minority myth because they've been fed it, right? And they're they're really like really desperate to make sure that like uh, we still fit that that whole, you know, the box. But like, it doesn't take into the account the fact that like, Asian American diaspora has a completely different experience from Black folk in America and North America. And I'm like, we came putting all our wealth in our buttholes and running away from the communists, right? Like that's how that happened. That's not exactly what happened with Black folk in America. Like they were like kidnapped 300 years ago and then. Mm, and then enslaved and then they had all their wealth taken them multiple times away. Very different situations and I'm like how can you how can you compare us as immigrant like
4: yeah um, apples to oranges
2: it's no so, totally different and I'm like some of us came here because we wanted to and we got to take our wealth with us and then, and then slowly destroy the real estate market and inflate it to massive prices. Like that is not how, that's not how black community works at all. That's totally different. Like, so it's, it's this lack of conversation and lack of nuance. And it's, but this is how white people see us. This is the white gaze that we are all the same because we're all different looking from them and that we all fit this specific immigrant minority again myth and that we somehow fall in a hierarchy of how well minorities have done quote unquote financially and in terms of social status in the west and it's like well again, none of this makes any actual rational sense because again you were comparing us on like a foundation of like well we literally do not have the same history here and so that is how they pit us against each other and we talked about this in our last meeting but i want to make sure i bring it up basically there's a ton of like anti-Blackness in the Asian community and because a ton of the like sort of build-up violence that has happened is at the hands of other minorities so the Latina community, Latinx, the Black community committing sort of yeah like punching the shit out of like the older generation of Asian Americans on like Chinatown right but like I just I want the Asian community really hard to like I'm like please do not scapegoat Black people as a result, like they didn't do this because they're Black. And then on the other side of that spectrum, it's like, I also completely understand how Black people feel about Asian Americans being super anti-Black. I understand the whole issue around like, Asian Americans open up businesses and Black communities, take a lot of the money and all, a lot of the income, they make tons of money off of like the hair stores, the convenience stores, the liquor stores. And I'm like, but you don't give anything back. like. Of course, there's going to be tension. But then I want us to all think, okay, we're a bunch of red ants and black ants in a jar. Somebody Mm. shook the jar and then poured it out. Then the red ants and the black ants all think it was the other ants that did it. And it's like, nobody thought to ask who shook the jar.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right on, right on. Bigger picture.
2: Huge picture. And that it's like a huge part of this fight where I'm like, "Mm," I'm trying really hard to like be like, how do I recognize the suffering of somebody else and like validate their emotions, but then go, but you're being silly. Please, can you think about who shook the jar? Because it wasn't the red ants and it wasn't the black ants. It was somebody else.
0: So Sam, I heard in the news that there was this murder in an area that you lived in, in England. Can you explain a little bit about that? Your thoughts? And, you know, especially since it's coming from an area that you are familiar with. I want to know how you're feeling about it and, and uh, let us know.
2: Um, so two weeks ago maybe now three i actually saw the news that somebody was reported missing her name is sarah and she was reported missing in around brixton clapham so i used to live here this is in south london it's a lovely area um little like background brixton yeah. is historically um afro caribbean because the Windrush generation settled there yeah. and so as as we do with all Black communities, we put the label of, oh, it's dangerous, and there's riots and mm. blah, 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 blah. Yes, there were riots there, but I'm like, do you expect people who are experiencing systemic racism to not protest against No, nah, boss, <laughs> just chill,
3: just chill, mm-hmm. it's cool, just chill, just, just um, chill not at home with that.
2: It's, mm. it's gentrified now, obviously, if I'm living in an area, yeah, it's probably gentrified, I'm an artist, of course, everywhere I go I gentrify, I can't help it, mm-hmm. but I loved it, and it was very, very safe, I never really felt like, Personally unsafe in Brixton. I lived in a very sort of I lived right next to the police station, first of all, and then also on a main road and it was always loud. There was always people mm. around. It was always it was never asleep. There was always there was always this guy at like the bus stop playing reggae at 4 a.m. when I was coming home from work. Nice. God bless him. Like I know I'm not alone. I'm like, great. He's mm. he's just doing his thing.
3: Was he selling corn soup?
2: I have no idea <laughs> if he had just woken up or if he was still like about to go to bed, but whatever it was doing like 4 a.m. on a Thursday night, always playing reggae. And I'm like, A plus. I love that for you. Jamming out, vibing. So she gets kidnapped from this area. Um, and a week later, her body is found in a river in Kent, I believe. And the suspect, the confirmed suspect, is a police officer who was off duty. And he had, like, a history of um, not, like, sexual assault, but, like, harassment that was never really like clocked into and had somebody checked on him I think she might very well still be alive um and she's not and how it happened I we can probably surmise is that he used his position of power as a cop or off-duty cop to get her into his car and um it's not confirmed yet whether or not he subjected her to sexual assault rape before he murdered her. But at this point, does it really matter? She's dead as a result of this and probably had to suffer at his hands. Um, And so this sparked a huge amount of outrage in London, obviously. There are
3: vigils and protests my understanding.
2: Yeah. They held a vigil specifically in Clapham common, which is the park in South London, massive park. Um, which then turned violent. The cops then were there, were you get all these pictures in the Guardian of cops apprehending white women wearing masks, and people get very, very angry. And so alongside, right, the obvious reaction, which is men going "Oh, not all men are like this and not understanding the systemic issues here of like no you as an individual i'm sure would never do this but all women experience fear and i guess like the best example of this is to like dispel all the not all men people i'm like if every one in ten maltesers was actually like chocolate covered shit would you also would you not you wouldn't take a chance you wouldn't eat from the her bag i
3: really like maltesers yeah. <laughs> joking. <Okay. laughs> like uh. Why wouldn't you crack it open, though, first? Whenever people do these food comparisons, I'm like, you wouldn't break it open with your hands and sniff it?
2: Or like, um, (laughs) we are, we have like an issue with Lyme disease coming from ticks, right? Not all ticks carry Lyme disease, but everybody is kind of scared that a tick might give them Lyme disease. So I thought we, all
3: ticks gave Lyme disease. I don't like ticks. I'm I'm, I'm terrified of well, so them. So you, you
2: treat every tick as if they're going to give you Lyme disease. Of course, yeah. Get off my true.
3: dog. Same, you yeah. proved your point. You
0: yeah. proved your point. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, alongside that issue, which is we have to sort of, po- we, we have to fucking hold the hand of these toddler men, these man sh- children. We also have to contend with the fact that it's like why does it take like why does it have to take a white middle-class woman being killed for people to take police brutality seriously when (laughs) BLM happened like six months ago and then more even farther back than that we've had issues with like missing black women missing black queer kids and nobody gives a shit um why does it have to take yeah, that, like a white middle-aged woman.
3: They're always, something bad always has to happen before action takes place. And I'm like, if you've got people proactively, like, in your face saying, yo, something bad's gonna happen, something bad's gonna happen, why don't like, those that are in charge of leadership ever listen? Like, it...
2: I mean, it's part of gaslighting. Like, people do not, people, like, literally do not believe or do not care, or both, when young Black women are the victims.
3: And, and you know... Uh, this is something that trips me up too. Can, can you help us to define what gaslighting is? Because I hear this term a lot and still can't wrap my mind fully around it.
2: Ooh, does anyone else want to take this? I'm trying to think about <laughs> gaslighting. Rosalind, maybe?
1: I think you had a pretty good <laughs> yeah. last time we tried this. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I think that gaslighting is described as Ignoring someone else's experience or concerns and thoughts and uh, putting your thoughts and experience over that. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it, it really is if a woman is coming to you and telling you that I'm afraid of walking home in the afternoon or, or in the evening, and then you say, Well, so am I. So what does that have to do with me? Or how, I, I don't know how I'm going to help you. I, I'm scared of walking alone at night too instead of thinking, okay, why are you afraid? How can I support you? What can I do to uh, discourage these guys that that, that I know possibly that have been involved?
2: Um, I think the definition in the dictionary, I'm just looking at the definition right now, is a form of emotional or psychological abuse used to manipulate someone, and that someone could be a person or like an entire group of people, by psychological means into questioning their own sanity
3: and you know ross that example that you gave was excellent because i always i always struggle with the the phrase gas i i've never gotten a really good you know explanation but the one that you just gave was really really good and it kind of reminds me of you know when blm is happening um or when there's been like protests and stuff and uh you know you bring up like like george floyd getting shot for instance like i i had brought that up to um you know a group of individuals. And the first thing I got back was, well, you know, what about Black Lives Matter? Like they don't don't handle their their finances properly. Like they're not donating money and uh, and handling their administration. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what the hell does Black Lives Matter internal like finances have to do with the fact that somebody just got killed by the police and that like this guy is essentially murdered. Like what does one have to do with the other? Well, and it has to
0: do, it also has to do with, you know, you say Black Lives Matter and then there's all these other hashtags that come out against it. Like you're like when they totally miss the point, like you have Black Lives Matter, then you see people saying Blue Lives Matter. Oh right? my it, God. It just, <sighs> it, misses, it just misses the whole point. Right. And that's what I keep thinking about that. Not all men, because, you know, there's a but point it's like there. It's yeah. intentional. If it was, yeah. if it was mm-hmm. un,
2: in good faith, right? If these questions are being asked in good faith, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But they're not asked in good faith. Nobody gives a shit about cop lives until you bring Black lives into it. Nobody talks about, for Mm -hmm. example, nobody talks about sexual abuse against men and violence against men until you bring up violence against women, right? Like, the amount yeah. of the amount of people who I remember on International Women's Day that amount of men who are like, what about International Men's Day? And I'm like, oh, if you had done so your stupid. research, you would have understood that it's in November and then it does happen. But you don't <laughs> fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know? love that. I love when people like start to like shoot from the hip and they get checked. Oh man. Oh God, but you
2: mm. don't actually care yeah. about mm. having an International Men's Day until somebody talks about women.
4: Yeah. So White History
2: Month. It, oh. None of it is ever at like none of these like questions are ever asked in good faith and like for example one of the biggest forms of gaslighting i see within blm is whenever you bring up george floyd some edge lord on redditor has to talk about how george floyd had like allegedly had drugs in his system or he wasn't like a perfectly clean angel that how like, does that have to do with anything it, 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 like excuse me like does that who cares why does? what does that have to do with anything why does somebody's level of maybe like alcohol or maybe they like to smoke a joint why does that like bring down their humanity to you that's very strange to me why do you bring that up only in a situation when we're talking about somebody's death
3: and it it reminds me too of the inauguration like you have all these people talking about freedoms and like fighting for blue lives matter and stuff but nobody ever brings up those cops that were killed by those you know I, I consider them Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Like nobody, nobody talks about the cops, the actual police officers that died and got injured, like fighting off these freedom fighters. I'm like, what about their blue lives? I'm like,
2: and yeah, and so part of this, I guess, taking it back to like what's happened in Atlanta, one of I- I'm seeing all forms of gaslighting happen from again edge lords on Reddit and on Instagram, where it's like they kind of justify whether or not this is a hate crime using arguments like, oh well, it wasn't it's not about them being Asian. It was, about, it was about the fact that he was like targeting women. And it's like suddenly also that targeting women thing doesn't matter so much because it's like, oh, he was just targeting sex workers. And it's like, why do you bring the argument that like these women allegedly put themselves in this situation? And if they hadn't been working at a massage parlor, they wouldn't have gotten shot up. Why do you bring that up only when we're talking about their deaths in a hate crime racialized context? But yeah, like you don't like, ever, it, yeah, you don't bring that up and, and you don't bring these facts up in good faith. And I'm like, you're doing it so that you can, again, you absolve the um, perpetrator of responsibility. And that's like, what we do on like a global scale for white people.
3: And it's the it's, it's an old thing, right? Uh, the abuser hits you and well, you made me do that. You, you yeah. made me so angry I had to hit you. It's, it's, yeah. it's on you, it's your fault. And yeah, we know that's flawed logic. So, you know, we've kind of discussed all these these different like, you know, why these things happen, you know, what contributes to them, but like, what can we do to like stop the harassment like of women, like, what are some ways that we can get into it, because it seems that, you know, flawed societal norms have kind of put us in this position where like, you know, you see this police officer that using positions of power to like, you know, perpetrate this harassment. Um, we've seen with the Me Too movement, the same sort of thing where people that are high up in power, um, I'm, I'm going to say Harvey Weinstein, um, you know, committed atrocious acts against women. Uh, I mean, I, even not feel like atrocious is like a light word for the, the sick shit that he was doing. Cause that guy's a monster. Um, but like, how, how can we, how can we fix this? Like, you know, if I was just some ignorant, stupid guy and Roz and, and Sam, like, how would, how would you, you know, approach my ignorism to kind of like fix it if you know if I was in that role.
1: Roz do you want to go first? Sure so I've, I've had this discussion with a few of my friends recently and I, I think that there's a few things that you can do the the first one would be checking yourself and so if you if someone is sharing their experiences with you I, I, I hope that you're able to take it seriously and try to understand and empathize with them. Um, the, another thing that you can do is check in with people before you do something. Uh, consent is sometimes seen as body language and body language is impossible to interpret. Don't just use body language or, or anything like that before you, you hug someone, before you kiss someone, before you, you do anything with anyone. I think it's really important they're like, are you okay? Do you wanna do this? Are we good? Like, Like simple, really small and easy questions you should definitely ask before you do anything. Um, another thing is to have these kinds of conversations with your friends and family. And so trying to tell people, like, maybe I know that normally it would have been okay if we did this, this isn't that, but I feel like we would create a safer environment and a better place if we did, in, if, if we instead were more open in communication, if we were checking in with people, if we were... Um, trying to ensure that people were, were safe. And if we stood up for people when we saw that these things weren't happening, it's it's super important that if you see your buddy like cat calling a lady, like you're like, hey, like, I don't think it's gonna make her, feel, make her feel comfortable. Maybe like you shouldn't do that. If you're at a party and you, you see like a guy slapping a, a girl's butt or something like that, like call it out. If you see a girl doing or a woman doing the same thing to a man, like touching him inappropriately, Call that out too. Like uh, it, it, I think that once we all start to make it not normal for this kind of behavior, then we we create a safer place. Also, more thing, and then I'll pass it over to Sam. I I think that. A lot of the time people are trying to be or men are trying to be more masculine because of the fact that we live in like a patriarchal society, where if you were to express emotions, if you were to check in on people and if you were to act more caring, then you're acting like a girl or you're being a wuss and all of those kinds of things. We need to make it more normal for us to not or we need to stop gendering actions and emotions This way, everyone can experience them and bring down the patriarchy. So this way, that's normal.
3: Because some some of those examples that you were mentioning, I, I try to relate them back to like being in a scenario with other men and... I could see how it could create a conflict and and what you nailed there, just in terms of toxic masculinity, like expressing your feelings um, on that. I could see how that could lead to a problem. Not saying that that problem necessarily should mean inaction. I'm just saying that I can see how um, that could ruffle some feathers, uh, especially with the norms that men kind of deal with. Right. Cause like if a guy's being inappropriately touched by a woman, it's going to be very, very, it, it few and far between where he's going to say anything if a woman inappropriately touched me when i say something i don't know like I, I can't confidently say that i would say anything i might just just brush it off or something
2: yeah me, that, you, that's, that happens like, oh sorry i was just gonna say me and you literally go to a mixed martial arts gym where we see this happen every single time we go there the entire like culture of specifically the brazilian jiu-jitsu guys is predicated on this incredibly toxic behavior and like they don't of course they don't say anything one of the biggest things is like one of the girls i used to like one of the girls we used to box with she used to do muay thai she stopped going to that gym because she she went on a date with one of the brazilian jiu-jitsu guys and he tried to kiss her in the car and she just didn't want it so then he goes and then spreads all these rumors about how she's like a hoe and she of did course. this and that. Let's go back to and high
3: school. Yeah, I, nobody yeah. said
2: anything. Of no one not. said anything, and she, t- she told me later. And I was working for the gym at the time, and I finally told. Like they asked me, like, "Oh, why should she? Why does she ever come back?" And I'm like, "Oh, you don't know. Like this is the reason. It's one of your guys." And. He was like, I, I just run this place. I have no clue. But, like, this is because you've built an environment where nobody right. feels comfortable talking of about course. this. And, like, it, yeah, this, it's just another example of that. And,
3: and, and that, too, is, um, it's, it's, specifically that shitty environment that was created um i'm happy to say that you know I, we don't go to that gym anymore because of that environment and other very crazy things that like i we probably have to spend a whole podcast deep diving into
2: talk um, about the drama at our gym <laughs> yeah yeah
3: and just the, the crazy shit that occurs in these situations um yeah. And
1: just on that, though, you, you mentioned before that you wouldn't, if someone had like probably sexually assaulted you, you probably wouldn't report it. Men only report, I think it's something like, like four to 5% of, four to 5% of the time when they are sexually assaulted. Similarly, women only report about 6% of the time. Um, a, a lot of the time, sexual assaults and, 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 and violence and these kinds of things are not reported. And um, so it. I think that it's also important to understand that it is super common for these things to happen. And until we start dismantling the systems that allow them to flourish and we stop gaslighting people and give them the opportunity to speak, like we, we, we won't have any improvement.
3: And I, I think too, I'm like, would anybody even care or, or believe me? Like when I think about like reporting it, I'm like, I, I literally think I'd get laughed out of the room. Like I don't know. Yeah, like,
2: law enforcement just would not take you seriously. Yeah.
3: Like I unfortunately, like I know someone that um got into a, a situation where they were being abused by a spouse and um you know it resulted in the police showing up. Um the police showed up, um, and there had been an altercation. Um, however the one person who looks like me, um, you know, had been assaulted by this other person that, you know, is, was white. You know, I'm, I'm just going to straight up say they're white. Um, but the cops came and they said, Hey, you know what? On you, since you're black, I, I can't see any markings on you from the altercation, but on this white Person, I can see altercations on this person. So unfortunately, you're going to have to go to jail um, because I can see the markings on her, but I I can't see them on your skin.
2: Oh my God, Um, is that the actual justification that they gave?
3: Right, but here's the key tidbit. Earlier on in the same week, the police had been called before for a similar domestic incident for the same two people. And the person, the white person was taken away for hitting you know the black person and that person was cited for being drunk and and hitting someone so i'm like if you've shown up to the situation now twice and one of the two people has a history occurring in the same week of doing this behavior why would it matter where the markings are like you've got a history of this but unfortunately the person that looked like me was taken to jail and that was the reason for it.
2: Oh, and my God. That is mind-blowing.
3: Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. And this is law enforcement here. This is Ontario. This is right oh, in Ontario. Totally. So, like, it's crazy to me. Like, it's, it's a very painful story. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what happened to this friend of mine. And it, it sucks. Like, it honestly sucks.
2: It sucks. And you know what? It doesn't even... The, the sad thing is it didn't really surprise me because I when when i still fucked men okay the kind of men that i like unfortunately are like the army brat types and those types tend like to be- guile
3: from street fighter
2: <sighs> like the guys who go to our gym okay the guys who wear ro- rolexes who go to our gym who fucking I, like i'm sorry i just i don't know my tastes are just shit anyway so i i like i would sleep with them and then start to like talk to them cuz i like to sleep with guys before i actually know them as people otherwise i start to disrespect them and i'm like oh now this isn't going to work and like the amount of times i've been like out, totally
3: out time out time out time out wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. you sleep with them before you know them as people so that you don't disrespect them
2: i need to make sure that i maintain the veneer of mystery around them or else i won't like them anymore
3: and then you'll start to disrespect them
2: yeah, cuz then once I get to know them I'm like, oh god, this You're is an cool.
3: idiot. Yeah, you're just like you're an idiot. Like I can't. You're, okay, okay. That's cool. And
2: so one all of right. the things, one of the biggest things is particularly with like around white men that I sleep with or white passing men that I sleep with who are interested in mixed martial arts. A lot of them have a history of being let's say in the army. Don't know, it's just like something that's happened. It's not like all of them, but like, a lot of them, right? Fine. Army brats not everyone who goes to the army is a horrible person. And then these people are the kind of people who have like a vested interest in going into law enforcement after. And these people are the people that I consistently have to hear justifications of not all men and blue lives matter from them. I hear this from their actual mouths. And I'm like, I cannot believe I let you put your penis inside me. I can't do this anymore, this is shameful. It's awful and it's like, it's a thing. And I'm like, I cannot believe that you are the fucking people. Like you are the ones that they're yeah. picking for this job. You're the leaders,
3: so you're the law enforcement. You know, you can, and, you can shoot people. You can choose who lives or who dies. And,
2: and so like in situations where like I had to like mediate or like explain to somebody, like I get girlfriends who tell me about, oh, this thing happened to me. It's kind of fucked up. And I'm like, they explain it, explain it. I'm like, hun, what you are telling me is you were raped that's the actual thing that happened but it's never it never feels like that because they never like conceptualize it like that also a lot of denial happening I'm like that is what happened to you and I'm like none of those people want to take it to law enforcement of course they don't they're not gonna be they're gonna not they're not gonna be dealt with like in a way that is like gonna do anything for their situation and so of course they never report it and it's like If you created an environment where like people who reported these things actually felt like they were getting some kind of like reparation from it and they were being heard, maybe they would report it more, but they don't. They get shamed. And so like my answer to the question of like, how do we fix things is much less on an individual level, because I really resent the idea that we all have to play hero in order to like help women. The amount of times I have had to like sit on a bus stop, watch some random person harass a girl i know there's other people around me they don't say anything and i have to be the one to step in and be like shut the fuck up she doesn't want to talk to you and then he then rep- he then redirects the violence onto me and i'm like i would like to see you lay a finger on me you would not dare try it i'm just coming home from work i work at a circus i have melted clown makeup on my- <laughs> you don't think i would f- you don't think i would be insane and try to maim you fucking try it I don't have, that's not my job. My job is to hang around and twerk like on stage for money. That's not my job to like play superhero. I would like for there to be like policy from the top down, which like that doesn't literally like write into the legislation, things like misogyny and racism. Like that has to start from like the top down because that is what helps build like, systems where and environments where people do feel comfortable and it's like i mean it, it, it goes down to like for example when companies hire and have diversity hires and it's like oh we're diverse i'm like your diversity is not actually diversity if your lowest paying members are the only people of color and then as the you know power systems get more and more like higher paying it just gets whiter and whiter and mailer and mailer that's not diversity doesn't count but like the reasons why you think that is is because the people in power don't have a clue you haven't put anybody there that has any like lived experience and would think to themselves hey maybe doing things this way is
3: doesn't make any sense
2: yeah yeah Yeah. Um,
3: except
0: that one person that runs the diversity is uh person of color (laughs) yeah
2: yeah it's always like the one exactly I'm like oh this is it's fine we have a diversity hire and they run Uh the diversity thing and I'm like yeah but like Mm -hmm. how about your shareholders Mm -hmm. if your shareholders are all like white 60 year old men I mm, there's no
3: motivation to change
2: I feel like maybe you guys do nothing to help regardless of the nice the nice black lady who looks like a franklin who runs your diversity hire <laughs> that she doesn't, count. she doesn't count she makes 50k a year like that's peanuts mm-hmm. to you guys who take home like like half a million in bonuses a year that's peanuts i want her to be the one to take half a million a year and her to have some say mm, maybe yeah. again conversations about generational wealth here and everything but like this is why things don't change. Like people are just like, let me put a band-aid on this and it'll fix itself. And it's like, no, the no. whole thing from the top down is bad. Get rid of the whole thing. We have to start again.
3: So Roz, what are some resources to support? Because we, we've covered a lot today and I want to make sure that we, we pay some tribute to some of the the ways that you know again people can get involved and just draw some awareness.
1: Yeah. So I think that a couple of ways and well in Canada specifically or in Ontario specifically there is aura freedom. Um, and Aura Freedom, they're really focused on ending gender-based violence as well as supporting people that have been uh, um, affected by it. And a lot of the work that they do is preventative as well as um, reactive. And so they, pre-pandemic, they would like go into schools, they would educate boys and girls on ways that they can be more respectful um, and and, and better people as they grow and things that they can expect and the things that they should not be tolerating And, and like warning signs, like all of those kinds of things. Um, in New York or or in in the U.S. I know there's also Restore New York and and they really support women that are survivors of domestic abuse as well as sexual assault. Those are two really good ones. Do you have any more that you wanna add, Sam? Um,
2: So the Butterfly Network, which is Butterfly CSW on Instagram, they are a support network for Asian and migrant sex workers. A similar one called Red Canary Song is based in New York. They are currently taking donations and trying to contact the victims of the Atlanta attack and try to donate to their families. They work directly with migrant sex workers. Um, Yeah, those would be my two because then that allows for like this intersection of like, well, women, Asians, Asian women who in your eyes have to give happy endings there you go um so yeah I would start there um but also like locally like also think about your local grassroots organizations and like what they're doing wh- wherever you may be in the world
3: and, and Roz I, I I know that you had a good thing of the week because you know we've discussed some dark topics well not that dark you know it's real we gotta talk about them so you know to to, to lighten things up what's the, what's the good thing of the week what happened to you Ross
1: So my good thing of the week is not a light topic at all. (laughs) It is that I shared some of the statistics of sexual assault with some friends from mine, with some friends of mine from college. And we had a really long discussion about sexual assault, about ways that people should be, about ways that we can change societal norms, like the things that I I mentioned before. Um, And uh, It was really good, I think, because a lot of the times gaslighting happens when we talk about these things. And uh, I feel like I have become a lot better at handling that. So one of the first things that was said was, oh, but, but men aren't treated the same when we're victims of sexual assault. And I'm like, that is totally true. Super important. I would love to explore that topic another time. But right now, I really want us to be able to focus on ways that we can support women and ways that you all can change in order to become better men. Um, and we were able to have that discussion. And I was just so happy. And so that's my good thing of the week.
3: Nice. Oh, and I was this a- this amongst your friends group? Yeah. Wow. Well, God, great. I had
1: like the
2: opposite.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Sam, what was your bad thing of the week?
2: I... And people all ask me, why don't you just block this guy? And it's like, well, and I have to explain to them, like, I can't just block men off my Instagram because I don't know if they're crazy and will make another account and try to report me for soliciting and get rid of my account and my ability to make money in general. So mm. I have to be nice to men for whatever reason. This dude that I, like, I slept with, like, once. He's one of the army guys. He, I slept with once. Just once. Fucking move on like four years ago. But, like, we have, like, a conversation It always goes this way. Like, three times a year because my memory is bad because I used to smoke weed as a teenager so my memory is fucking bad and (laughs) I forget that I don't like this guy and then he goes oh hi how are you we have a all it takes is like 24 hours for him to say something vaguely misogynistic I posted one thing about this whole sort of the past nightmare of a fortnight and then he messages me I really wish you wouldn't group all men like not everyone is like this blah 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 and I immediately proceeded to tear him a new rectum (laughs) which like in my eyes I'm like I feel like you must enjoy it because you ask for it every single time and every single time I have to be like did you were you dropped on the head as a child are you missing a chromosome like fuck I cannot (laughs) believe I have to explain this to you and then it's always like, oh, it was just, it was just a joke, blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't believe you're so sensitive. It wasn't a it.
3: joke. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> I love when people default to, oh, it's a joke.
2: No, it wasn't. And I'm like, if it was a joke, you are not funny. And like, I always have to, and the way I always have to get, I always have to get him where it hurts. And the way I get it is like, God, so unattractive. I was gonna fuck you I'm not gonna fuck you anymore and then that's when they get upset and it's like well yeah because you're fucking stupid and I can't believe I had to have this conversation again every time and like why why is it that when we talk about these things and we like want to joke about how the patriarchy is stupid you have to center yourself why I wish I wish his instinct right was okay I'm getting defensive why why And where is that coming from? And why do I think I need to go bother this girl for more emotional labor when I have a problem that is bothering just me? Deep breath. Anyway, it's fine. I just need to stop engaging with people like this. And my memory is very bad. And I keep forgetting that I don't like him.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, you know another great episode. I'm glad that we were able to talk about the subject matter. Um, it's it's definitely hits home right near the top. Um, and, you know, we, we continue to, to discuss and and talk about things that might be uncomfortable, but, you know, we have to have these discussions if we're going to make any change and if we're going to see that change, um, anytime soon. So, you know, I just want to thank you again, Sam, for stepping in today. You're wonderful as always.
2: Oh, thank um, you. I you love know- bitching about white people with you guys. <laughs> <the
3: best. laughs> um, Rise, you know, thank you. what
2: we're doing? <laughs> we that's totally what we're doing. <laughs> Ross <laughs> thank you realize.
3: for debuting your, your new braids today um you know your hair is looking fan yes, freaking tastic Nubian thank queen
2: fresh stop don't <laughs> 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 yeah
3: yeah 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 don't do that okay yeah, okay. <laughs> um, okay I'll just I'll, I'll stick to queen and, and, and uncle mike you know you're you're as uncle mikey as ever thank you for being you I can't say enough thanks for a great episode
1: Thank you
3: for being you, Jordan. You're an awesome host and we love talking with you. Oh, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Technically Diverse podcast. Remember to hit subscribe on whichever app you prefer to do your podcast. You can also connect with us on various social platforms. On Twitter, you can follow us at TechnicallyD. On Instagram, you can follow us at TechnicallyDiverse. Or if you prefer to watch, subscribe to our YouTube channel that shares the same name, Technically Diverse. We also love getting feedback and ideas, so if there's anything you'd like to see, you can send us an email to technicallydiverse at gmail.com.